This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today we have another amazing show. We actually have an old guest that we that we had on just over two years ago. And if you don't know who she is, her name is Lisa Johnson. And I, I believe we had her just around, I think it was around October 21. So, um, so it's been a couple of years since we last caught up. But I invited... Lisa back here on the show because there's been so much going on in her life. And I just thought, you know what? We've got to have so much fun in having a conversation. And so if you don't know who Lisa is, Lisa is a seven-figure business strategist. And she makes 90% of her money through passive and semi-passive income streams. Uh, a very tough childhood being uh, living on social housing from walking up the corporate ladder to opening her first business in the wedding planning industry to now what she does today, which is working with entrepreneurs and, and really from an authentic and ethnic, uh, ethical way of working and stuff like that. One thing that I love about Lisa is her aura of authenticity. There is a lot of people out in our industry, and Lisa will be a, a testament to this. There is a lot of people out there in our industry and, and they just don't practice what they preach. They're not, as, they're not authentic. They do not lead with integrity. And Lisa is probably one of the one of the most integrity-led entrepreneur leaders I know on the planet. And this is the reason why I brought her back on today, because we've shared very similar core values and uh, we have very similar interests, which is kind of cool. Also, for, for you guys as well, Lisa also wrote a, a best-selling international book called Making Money Online. She also is the host of the podcast show, Make Money Online as well. So make sure that you check out those uh, two amazing resources for you guys. So what are we going to be talking a little bit about today? Well, there are a few topics that I want to retouch with Lisa here. The first thing that I want to talk a little bit about is money and our relationship with money. Because do you know what? Us being from the UK, we tend to have a very different uh, relationship about money compared to other people in the world. But depending on where you're listening to this, you may or may or may not be able to relate to the way that you relate to money, okay? So we're going to talk a little bit about money. We're going to be talking a little bit about visibility. We're going to be talking about manipulative, manipulative marketing and sales tactics. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about ethics because I've been listening to Lisa's audiobook, Make Money Online, because audiobook's my thing, right? I'm not really a bookworm, but audiobooks, I kind of like that thing, right? So, and... We're going to be diving in in some of the core topics and some of the chats that she wrote about, and uh, we're just going to be we're just going to be we're just going to be a little bit of fun. And uh, if you have any questions, do me a favor use the uh, use the uh, comments in the comment section uh, comment section in the comment section below. Uh, that'd be um, super awesome as well. Now, before we go live with Lisa, if you are listening to us, do me a favor. You hashtag live. Use the hashtag replay. And um, as I like as I like to say to everyone. PLC, post like or comment in the comment section below. And if you're not following me and Lisa 
on YouTube or on LinkedIn. Make sure you go over there, follow us on those uh, media channels and click the bell notification because every time we post con content, you'll be able to see and you won't be able to, you won't miss out on anything that we're going live with. Anyway, enough chit chat from me. I digress. I want to bring the queen of passive income up, Lisa Johnson. How are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm okay. I'm like, fingers crossed that my Wi-Fi is working because it's been bad all day. <laughs> <laughs> Great to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. You know what? I, I just kind of drawn by the wallpaper in your background. <laughs> you, guys are, you know what? It's, it's really interesting, right? So we're doing a live stream for you guys that are listening on the podcast, right? So we're doing a live video right now, and she's got this amazing pink wallpaper. Well, it's, it's kind of pink. It's like a spider web. I mean, was that your decorative interior design skills, by the way? Yeah, it is. It's my new I office. It. I, I thought it. if I'm going to have an office with a, with a good background, it needs to be eye-catching, right? <laughs> absolutely absolutely how are you keeping it's been a long time i'm all right it's been busy there's been a lot going on but you know finished launch last friday so now i can breathe again so it's all good yeah yeah see it's interesting because um i mean we we share a, a, a love of travel me and you you're either on a plane somewhere or with the twins at home you know doing what you do best which is like being a mum and stuff like that you know how do you find it i mean I, I know it, we, we all find it, have our own challenges and stuff like that, you know, with like uh, running a business, traveling a lot. How do you manage this or do you find it challenging? And, and is, there, is there like a, an, an element of remorse when you kind of go away from the twins and stuff like that? Like kind of know what your thoughts on that. I know what you're saying. And it is always a juggle. Don't get me wrong. There is always, it's, it's not, you know, when people say like, oh, you've got this great life-work balance. I don't believe there's such a thing. I feel like it's all just a mishmash of juggling. Um, for instance, we took the kids out of school. And so the kids aren't going back to school now till September, which means they're here all the time, um, wow. which is tricky. But, you know, my husband works for me. So it, it's not like I'm doing the majority of the right. childcare kind of stuff. Right. So it's all good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I try and take them with me when I travel as much as I can. I'm doing a um, big retreat in New York um, in a couple of months. And one of my sons is coming with me because he wants to learn about business and retreats. So he sits there and he, uh, you know, absorbs it all. And that's kind of an education in itself, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. You're, you're a great role model. I love that. I mean, it, it's been a couple of years since um, since we lost kind of jam and stuff like that. And I mean, what's not been going on in your life? I mean, I, I'd love to kind of like, you know, just kind of people are more of a snapshot about what happened over the last couple of years. Because I know you've got your podcast out, you've got the book out. I mean, you, you're everywhere. <laughs> I like that. that I'm everywhere because I teach that. So good. <laughs> um, I feel like, yeah, the, the book is something... I've, you know, it came out in January. I've been writing it for a year. So right. that took up a lot of time. And, and the book only came about because of the podcast. You know, I got a publishing deal. Well, I got two publishing deals because they'd heard the podcast, which went to number one in the UK business chart. So um, one thing kind of always leads to another. Um, and then we did the we did a big launch party for the book. And we were very fortunate enough 
to have it list on Sunday Times bestseller. So that was amazing. And that brought a load of PR with it. So yeah, a lot has been happening. I mean, in the background, the same thing has been happening. I've just been delivering to my clients and, yeah. you know, growing more of an audience and traveling the world. You know, one thing I love you love about you is that you practice what you preach. Do you know what I mean? Like you teach, but you actually live by what you actually do. And that's, and that's quite rare, I think, from a lot of people that work in our industry you don't see people in the spotlight like you are do you know what I mean yeah I think that what tends to happen is once people have made a few million then they they kind of feel further away from their audience I never have and I think it's because it was only six years ago that was 30,000 in debt and, and working in corporate it's not like it's been a long time I still understand right. the issues that people feel um, when they're really trying to make this work and the frustrations that happen with starting a business and growing a business. And so because of that, I don't think I've ever really had that whole gap between me and my audience. Like I feel like we're all in it together. And so when people say to me, you know, you, if you feel very different to other people that have made the same amount of money as you in, in the same, you know, bit industry, I think it's because of that. Like I feel like I'm in there every day trying things, testing things, seeing what works, telling my audience if it's worked or not, trying to be the pioneer that is able to experiment so that other people don't have to. <laughs> love that, love that, love that, love that. Anyway, I've been reading your book, by the way, and I, I've been messaging you on Messenger, of course, and <laughs> I, there are certain things that really, um, I would say, like what I love about the book is it feels like I'm sitting next to you on a sofa and you're kind of like just talking to me. That's what I love about the book. Do you know what I mean? Like that's quite rare when it comes to audio books. So you kind of have this like connection with somebody to think, damn, she's on the money. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there was definitely some chapters for me that, and one chapter, which was, um, which really jumped out on me, which was the last one, chapter 11, which was all around ethics. And yeah. I love about that. Cause it's like, <clears throat> one thing I love about you is you really love to ruffle a few feathers. You know what I mean? I by don't that, mean to, right? it just happens. You know, no, but, it, but, but, but the thing is, if you're not going to say anything about it, then who the hell is? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. So it's kind of, so, you know, because otherwise, if we're not, and, and again, I, I, I'm, I'm a big believer of self awareness. If you're not self aware about what's actually happening, and you're kind of like seen as like the, 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 the homing beacon of like education and what we need to, you know, you, what you're doing is effectively as strategists. We're protecting our clients, aren't we? That's what you're doing is, and, and you being a mom as well and as parents, we protect our audience. That's what you that's what you do, right? Yeah, and I think you I'm not just protecting my audience. I am protecting me five years ago. Mm. So, you know, I was conned by a lot of the things that happened in this industry five years ago. And when I spoke out about, about it then, when I was making no money, people would say, well, you're only saying this because you're jealous of them. That's what people always used to say. You know, if you if you talk out about any kind of ethical problem or you talk out about anyone that's doing something slightly shady, you must be doing it because you're jealous. And so I knew that one day when I'd overtaken them all financially, I would still be able to talk about these things and no one would be able to say it's because you're jealous because you're not making the money they are. And so that's what I did. You know, we've made, I think we're up to about 15, 16 million now in the past five years or six years, mm. no one's going to look at me and say, well, you're only saying that these things are wrong because you haven't made the money. 
I've made the money. And so now it's my responsibility to still talk yeah. about these things. It would be easy not to, because actually what you're taught when you get to multi seven figures is only ever be positive. Don't ever say anything negative, because if you start saying things that are negative, you're going to lose a few people and people don't want to hear that. But actually, I think that it's our responsibility at a certain point to highlight the kind of things that are going on in an industry if you want to change that industry. Yep, 100%. Love it. Some very stuff there. Uh, I'd like to, um, I guess my kind of like my first thing is you talk a lot, you talk a lot about authenticity and taking and values like you talk about that a lot and i love that those are really great objects to talk about when it comes to working with clients and especially with our audience listening in and things like that what what's what some of the best advice that you would give people when it comes to okay so whether they're starting out or if they got an existing business what are the things that you look for in working with clients or working with people that kind of match your core values? Are, are there any kind of red flags or is there any sort of great advice that, you, uh, that you'd that you have for people? From both sides, there's red flags. So, you know, I, I still work with, with business consultants now. I work with, um, you know, sales consultants, people that can help me in some way. And I look for the same things in my suppliers or in, in the people that I'm going to be learning from as I do from the clients that I have. And, and I do tend to attract people, whether clients or not, that are that do have the same values as me. And, and one of the biggest ones really is just transparency. I just yeah. believe that whatever you're doing, make it transparent that you're doing it. So, you know, if I've had clients before, well, I have had a client before in my mastermind that would be talking very openly about making multi-six, seven figures online, but telling me that she's not making any money as a client. I can't work with that client. It, It goes against everything that I believe in. So I then have to say, I'm really sorry if you're going to continue to 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 talk a different way in here than out there that means you're not being transparent it means you're not being honest I can't work with you and and we did we parted ways and that's the same with people that I you know I've worked with people before that I've really looked up to for years and then once I've worked you know I think they're at a certain level maybe they've said that they've made you know multi seven figures and so I've gone to work with them and then find out what they meant was they've made multi seven figures over the entire time they've been in business, not each year. (laughs) And so then I can't work with them because for me, that's just a manipulative way of getting people to work with you. Whereas even if they'd said to me they'd, you know, had 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 half the amount that, or even a tenth of the amount that they'd made, I still would have wanted to have worked with them. I just cannot cope with dishonesty. Yeah, uh, I agree. I I, I think you make a really important point. And, you know, I, I believe that we can be, hypocrites you know what i mean like you, we claim to be something but actually in, in true reality was what what you're saying in true reality it, it's not entirely true is it uh, and i don't know the reason why they do it maybe it's because they want to gain a client or, or I, I don't know maybe they didn't have it. the right intention i don't know what's your thoughts on that? i, I honestly think they've been taught it i think that we're in this industry where the people that we've been looking up to 
made stuff up in the industry because that's <laughs> they were the first people to do it. So they didn't know. They just thought, well, maybe this is what salespeople do. Maybe this is what you do online. And and they taught us certain ways of doing things. You know, the whole scarcity thing. You know, I've got yeah. five spots. And once those five spots are gone, they're gone. And everyone knows that they haven't. Or, you know, we're going to close this launch on this day. Oh, we're reopening it again for five days. All of that kind of stuff was taught. And so it's almost not the fault of the people doing it because they were taught that's the thing to do. So was I. I was taught they were the things to do. Um, yeah. But at some point, we can decide there's a different way and that we don't have to do things that way. We can do things another way and still be successful. And it's why when I do my, you know, we just had a 2.3 million launch. When we do these launches, we like to show behind the scenes at the transparency and honesty that is happening so that people can see another way and go, well, actually, she's making a decent amount of money. She's not doing any of these minutes. You know, she doesn't have invisible offers or <laughs> any of the rest of the stuff. There's no trauma marketing going on. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. It's interesting. So when I started listening to your book, uh, whole kind of make money online thing, I don't know if it... I don't know if it was like I was triggered by something, but because I mean, you, you're big into kind of like passive and semi-passive income. And so the first thing that came into my mind, and I don't know whether this was me or just kind of reliving an experience. I don't know. But it was kind of like this making money online or making passive, semi-passive income stream. Surely only music uh, artists can do that, right? That's the first thing I was thinking about, like, you know, how can this potentially be done? And you've done a whole book and you've got a podcast show based on this, you know, and, and I know that there are listeners here thinking to themselves, maybe they have this element of unworthiness with regard to making money online. I, I'm sure you've had these conversations. What do you say to those people? Well, they might be right in some ways. You know, there are ways that people make money online that are that aren't for everybody and also that aren't, you know, um, ethical ways of making money online. But we all have a chance. Like people used to advertise on television, on the radio. People used to make money in different ways. We're now in this brilliant time of the world when we have resources available to us, a laptop, the internet, that allow us to actually make money from the things that we know. And, and what we definitely know is that your knowledge isn't common knowledge. Everyone thinks their knowledge is common knowledge, so they can't sell it. But what I've learned after teaching thousands of people is that it isn't. And actually, some people that have come to me with a certain knowledge, and I'll be like, mm, I don't know whether she's going to be able to sell that. Then they go and make half a million pounds from it. I'm like, people really will buy your knowledge, whatever that knowledge is. Um, and so, yeah, like what I think always with these kind of things, what have you got to lose by trying these things? It's free to try and make money online you don't have to buy anything um you can you can just give it a go yeah love it love it love it that's good stuff now what i was going to say to you we had similar backgrounds obviously social housing same for me benefits level obviously that's a past life and things like that but also i believe that from our childhood and from our past experience we also have been conditioned in a way in it, we've been conditioned in a way that how we can relate to money, we're worthy of money and stuff like that. How does that kind of call, how does that kind of relate back to what you've written about in the book and that kind of stuff? Do you talk about sort of, I don't know, whether it could be traumas or triggers or whatever you want is relate to where people have been in the past and it's kind of like, well, you know, 
do I am I do, am I worthy of this? You know. Yeah, I, I think do, all, I know what you're saying, and I think all of that is wrapped up in money mindset. Right. Um, now I don't love the term money mindset because I there's a whole school of thought that. The only reason that people aren't making money is because of their mindset. I don't believe that at all. There are privileges that I have um, in who I am and where I live, in the education I was able to have that allow me to make money, whereas there are other people that are not, you know, playing from the same starting line. So money mindset, I think we need to be careful with. But there are definitely things that were taught to me when I was younger or that I observed that meant that I didn't believe I was worthy of making money or, you know, I for a long time thought people that come from a council house don't become millionaires. Like that was a thing <laughs> in my head. And I think that that's just because I didn't see any and didn't, you know, we don't, we don't become what we can't see. And so, you know, I had so many issues, whether it was you know, fancy car in a council estate goes past. No one's going, look at the lovely person in the fancy car. You know, there is swearing <laughs> happening, but it definitely isn't isn't positive. And I think that as a young person, that goes in, you take yeah. that on board and you think rich people are bad people. Yeah. And I was bullied at school by rich people. And yeah. so in my head, you know, all the, all the bad people in the world, they're the rich people. And so when you then start to try and make money in your business, if you still believe those things deep down, it's going to be very difficult for you to make money because why would you go out and try and do something that is going to make you a bad person? True. And I had to do lots of work around this area and around the fact that my parents said things to me like money doesn't grow on trees. You know, we don't, we shouldn't be greedy. We don't need that much money. You just need to live comfortably. Those kind of things meant that when I was older, they were still there. They were still in my subconscious. Mm. How do you, how do you reprogram that, though, Lisa? How do you, oh, don't worry about it. How do you reprogram <laughs> your subconscious? Like, you know, did you have to go for counseling? How do you, how do you, uh, what's the best advice for people that have kind of maybe even still stuck? You know, even if they're 40 or 50 or 60 years old, they've still got those, you know, stigmas or subconscious programming. How did you um, program your sub? It's your, uh, your neighbor who's having a whale of a time washing his car. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I, I was just saying, um, for, for the people that are listening in, whether you'll be 40, 50, 60 years old, um, you know, and they've got, you've got this programming, this, you know, this subconscious programming, which is what I talked about. How did you um, reprogram your subconscious and trying to get yourself over right. that money mindset? Yeah, I think what a lot of people do and what a lot of people teach you to do is positive affirmations, which is where you, you know, you write things down on a post-it note and you put the, the opposite of what you believe to be everywhere. So if you normally think, I can't make six figures, you're supposed to write on a piece of paper, six figures is on its way to me, put it everywhere. And that changes your thought process. That doesn't yeah. work on me. I've tried it. Yeah. It doesn't work. I think I'm conning myself. I feel like I'm humoring myself. The thing that really worked with me is finding an opposite to the belief I held. So if I said people from council houses don't become millionaires, I would have to go and find people from council houses that had become millionaires. And that would show <laughs> me that it, I was able to do it. So I couldn't have that thought process anymore because I'd proved to myself it wasn't true. And I did that with lots of things. So let's say I was on a launch 
and it was my second launch and I wanted to make 60,000. I'd have this niggle in the back of my head going, you're not going to make 60,000 on your second launch. Like, come on. And if I have that belief, I'm not going to put the effort in that I need to put in to make the 60,000 because no one puts effort in if they don't believe that something can actually come to fruition. And so what I have to do is tell myself the evidence of why I would make the 60,000. So this is your second launch. The first launch, you made 30,000. You've got, you've had more interest since then. You've got people on a wait list. You know, I would show myself the reasons it would work to convince myself otherwise. But positive affirmations wasn't the one with me. It just didn't really do <laughs> But you I know, know it does, no, it can work for some. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I, I, I have to admit, positive affirmations can only, can only take you so far. And then you kind of like, this is all bullshit. Like, this is this doesn't really work, really, does it? Like, but you've just kind of really put it on its head and just said, I'm going to go find those rich people that used to be in the camp. I mean, there's so many rags to riches stories out there, isn't Lisa? You know what I mean? Like, you know, like when uh, Lord Sugar had set up his first business on a market store, for example, you know, there were so many great stories out there that you kind of look towards and think, do you know what? You know, not everyone's born with a silver spoon in their mouth type of yeah. thing. Do you know what I mean? There's a reason why um, now I often talk about money online. I show my Stripe accounts. I don't just show them. I show what it's made from and I break everything down. But the reason that I do that is to show people what's possible because I found it really difficult when I was starting to find people online from the same kind of background as me that had made that kind of money. So now I want to be that person that shows other people, oh, actually, Lisa's pretty normal. If she can do it, then maybe I've got a chance and I can believe it's possible. And so I'll go and, and try and set up my business. And that's why I do it. People often say, oh, you're just bragging and all these kind of things. Like there are easier ways to brag than on the Internet. Um, it's to show people what's possible. I guess also, you know, one thing that and, and again, this is uh, from from a personal perspective. Right. So I see. Obviously, we have we have very similar uh, connected people, and there are people online that post like flashy cars or whatever it might be. And there's and I just think to myself, you know what? Um, that's probably the complete polar opposite to what like not not not, not what I'm about. But it doesn't help me want to no. make more money. Does that make sense? It, I don't know. It's yeah, the same for you. Success is different for everybody. Like right. I drive a Fiat 500. Success is is <laughs> not the same for everyone. Like I love to travel. I'll spend money on holidays. Some people, the success for them is to spend more time at home with their kids and, and go for yeah. walks in the woods. It, whatever your version of success is, is what you need to be showing out there because there are other people that will want your version of success. You know, yeah. not... Not everybody wants the the flashy Dubai life, you know. Like we see a lot of out there at the moment. You know, that's not what it's not what I want. It's not what other people uh, want. Absolutely. Um, any interestingly enough, uh, there was something that sort of cropped to my cropped to my mind actually. But I've just I've lost my train of thought. But I'll come <laughs> back to it in a second. They just hate that when you're in when and then you suddenly yeah. oh, damn, I just lost that train of thought. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about getting. Uh, visible online because i know that you've got a, a great framework for a lot of people that are online people that have um you know starting out trying to get some traction maybe bringing in some leads maybe trying to build relationships and some human connection when you have those conversations especially with your uh visible visibility chat challenge that you that you run every sort of few months every three six months 
what do you what's the framework with regards to you know, getting getting yourself online because and do you have to be everywhere and anywhere to earn passive and semi-passive income no you don't first off um i believe that you need to be consistent but i think where people get that confused is with the word constant you do not have to be constantly everywhere and online and out there and showing up you just have to be consistent now <clears throat> consistent for someone might be once a week it doesn't matter right. as long as there is that consistency i also believe that the reason why lots of people get visibility wrong because they're being taught one method. And I believe that what you need is a multi-layered visibility strategy. And when it comes to, and this is a, a method that I created that seems appears to work for the majority of my clients, which is to not just have one method of visibility, but multi-layer it up with things that are out there for a long period of time. A podcast is a really good example. If I'm on a podcast, Two years ago, three years ago, I will still get people seeing me and coming into my audience today from something I did three years ago. It's almost the passive income idea in visibility form. You want something that's going to continue to keep giving you visibility over time. So a book is a good example of that. Whereas what I see a lot of people do is concentrate all of their efforts on doing lives. Lives are great, but a live is seen when you do that live and or Instagram story, and then it's gone. Right. No one goes and looks back for lives. It's there, and then it's gone. That's great. Have that, and have your email list, but then layer on some visibility things, some, some methods of visibility that are also going to mean people seeing you when you're not there. So sometimes I'm out of my business for an entire month. I go traveling for a month, and I do absolutely nothing on social media or anywhere. <laughs> nothing but people text me going god you're everywhere at the moment like <laughs> i've never done anything for a month but because i've done in the past that seemed to be everywhere like i might have done some stuff for pr or a reel last year that my team are now putting back on the pr and the reels it looks as if i'm there but i'm not and it's it's just making things easier for yourself at the end of the day like try and be seen everywhere without actually having to do much work do you, um, and again, I suppose this is kind of more of a personal question, but I mean, we just had the Easter holidays and um, I haven't really been online that much. It's probably the same for you as well, cause, you know, kids and, and whatever. Um, do you ever kind of get this? And, and I, know, I know that audience members will definitely get this. It's kind of like feeling of guilt because they've been away from the business for like, I don't know. And then suddenly they go into panic mode. They think, oh my God, like my to-do list is at least 15 pages long. Uh, and they then they get become so stressed and overwhelmed. Do you ever uh, do you ever experience that number one? And 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 for, people, for some of your clients, I know that they can do. You say them. Yeah, well, I used to experience it. So I used to, if I was away for even three days, I'd be like, I haven't shown up. I haven't been there. My audience were wondering where I am. We think people care a lot more than they do about what we're doing and where we are. I feel like. You can be away much longer than that as long as you've put yeah. some stuff in place. Batch content stuff, schedule stuff, and then it won't really matter because no one will even know you've been gone. No one right. notices that you've been gone except you. Like, we care much more. Like, I missed my weekly email once. I was like, oh, my God, everyone's going to be so annoyed. No one even noticed <laughs> because who notices out of the myriad of emails that they get? 
I think that we we think people think about us a lot more than they think about us. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as if they buy rise and think, oh, Liz's post is coming. I'm expecting at 11 o'clock on Thursday morning. Why she didn't do it? I'm so yeah. now. It's like, oh, my God, they go crazy. Anyway, it's so yeah. funny. Love it. Uh, anyway, for you guys that are listening in, by the way, you are listening to us live. Do me a favor. Use the hashtag live. Use the hashtag plan. If you've got any questions of me and Lisa, around around making money online feel free to put any questions and if you do it a little bit later on that's okay too me and lisa will try and get back to you um interesting enough i remember i think it was at the beginning of this year or maybe it was last year um there was uh you're really big on um saying that i listened to in your audio book which is all about trolls and uh, people attacking your integrity you know your authenticity because it damages our brand and stuff and i know that recently you were um, you were a massive court case right which was uh, yeah. which was in the new paper which is which is really really big how i suppose my first question is is how do you deal with that emotionally you know and because some people they might think to themselves you know what you know i'm just going to put this under the carpet and crack on but what's your take on this like where is there a fine line between stepping over that fine line and taking action yeah. or or, or kind of just brushing it under the rug? Don't get me wrong. I used to brush things under the rug because it's easier, okay. isn't it? And we know it's it going is. to be a nightmare if we start trying to fight everybody, every hater online or everybody yeah. that says something derogatory about us. The reason right. this one was different is because when it first happened, and, and actually the two times before that someone had lied about me online, I used to be a lawyer. <laughs> so the first thing I did was look at a... to see if I could find legal precedent of a case where this had happened before and what the outcome was to see whether okay. it was worth me fighting it or not. I couldn't Got find it. a single one in our industry, not one. Oh. So oh. the reason that I did this one is because I wanted everybody to have a precedent case that they could say, if you continue lying about me online, I will use the precedent of Lisa Johnson versus Emma Hammond to make sure that um, you get sued because there wasn't one that people could use and there wasn't one I could use. So I decided to become that precedent case, which is a risk, but hey, you've got to take these risks, haven't you? So I knew that I had proof that every single thing she'd said was a lie because I keep yep. everything. So even from little things, you know, she said that I'd forced her to come into a course, I'd recorded the conversation. <laughs> I recorded everything. So I had all this proof. Now what I didn't realize, because I haven't practiced in law for some time, was that yeah. I don't need to prove anything. She does. So I don't need to use any of the proof that I had, and she couldn't prove anything because none of it happened. And in fact, she very quickly, after just a few like few chats with my lawyer, disengaged with the process completely because she knew she'd had it. And wow. um, we offered her an out many times. I knew that she had mental health issues. I didn't want to exacerbate that. So many, many times we said, look, this has been going on a year. All you need to do is tell the truth to the same people you lied to, and that will be it'll be gone. I won't even, you know, ask you to pay costs. It cost me thirty five thousand up until that point. Wow! I won't even charge you because the whole point of this is to show that this can't happen. People aren't able yeah. to to just lie. She wouldn't do it. Her pride got the better of her, and so we went to court. I won. I won the highest amount of damages plus costs that you could possibly get, and that's where we are. Ouch. But, you know, it's, it's, there was no it's need sad. for it. Yeah. It is sad. But, you, you know, it's interesting, right? So I recently won a court case as well. And 
it, it, I didn't want to do it. Like, it, it, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it just isn't me. And it's probably for you, it's like, it, this is the absolute last resort. But if the other person isn't going to play ball, then what can you do? It's like your hands are tied, but then it's kind of like emotionally, you're kind of going through this like mindset in your mind. You're going through this thing in your mindset. Your subconscious starts talking to you and your inner critic starts kicking in. Do you have that same thing? Oh, I, oh you did? Oh, yeah. All year, I kept thinking, am I doing the right thing? The thing yeah. that kept me going was the people in my inbox saying, you know, someone has said, if I don't give them a refund, they're going to talk bad about me all over social media. I don't know what I can do about this. That's what kept me going. Because I was like, unless someone takes this all the way, people are going to continue to think that they can do this. But now they they will know that they can't because there's something that they can do about it. Um, I even felt guilty for her. Like, She'd said the most awful things about me. Like, I was a bully. I was a fraudster. I made her want to kill herself. Like, you can't even imagine the things she said. Wow. And that, uh, that hundreds and hundreds of my clients and ideal clients were reading and commenting on. Still, my biggest worry was for her mental health throughout the whole thing. Not mine. That's, hers. that's crazy. And then I realized at the end of it that I've got to stop being like that. People have to have... You know, I I have mental health issues. It doesn't mean I go around doing bad things. And I think that eventually we have to realize that actions have consequences. And it's not my job to make sure everybody's okay. That's Um, true. So, yeah, it was was difficult. I went through many reiterations of I'm I'm not going to do this. It doesn't feel like the right thing to do. Am I in integrity if if I'm making somebody go to court with this? And that's why... It cost more for me to do because I kept saying to my lawyer, can we give her another chance? Maybe she'll have decided she she wants to tell the truth now. Like, let's give her the option, um, which nobody else would have done because it cost me more. And there's no guarantee I will ever get the money owed to me in damages. You know, you have to jump through hoops to, to do that. And I'd already promised that any of the money that we get would go straight to Bullies Out, which is a, a charity I'm an ambassador of. But I had to keep giving her those chances. But if after all of that, just had to say to myself, you know, there's only so much you can do before actually you have to go all the way. Yeah, yeah. Some good points there. Love it. Some good good stuff there. Uh, I know that in your book, you talk a little bit about your, um, uh, is it a values blueprint or values, uh, you talk to certain questions, values approach, and you talk a little bit about um, certain questions that we have to ask ourselves in order to make sure that who we're connecting with, you know, uh, matches our core values with what we're actually about as, as, as individuals and stuff. What are, from, from your perspective, what are some of the core questions that we need to ask ourselves with regards to making sure that we're not only practicing what we preach, but we're also doing what we need to do authentically and with integrity about ourselves? Do you know what? I think there's only one real question that you need to always ask yourself when it comes. There's loads of questions you can ask to make sure that you know what your actual values are and that you are in integrity. But the biggest value is, would you still be doing the same thing that you're about to do if no one could see? I think there is so much out there that people do when people can see they're doing it, like integrity wise. But behind closed doors, it's completely different because no one can see it. 
like just ask yourself like really think about who you are and who you want to be as a person I think this is easier when you have kids because then you can ask yourself would you still feel proud of something you're doing if you explain to your kids how you're doing it right um and that that can definitely make you start thinking god no you know maybe I won't do that particular course of action because I wouldn't be that proud of myself for doing that um, whether it's a lie or an exaggeration. And, and it's very easy to tell ourselves everyone does it. I remember when the invisible offers thing came out, one person did it and then everybody did it. And <laughs> invisible offers is trauma marketing at its, at its worst. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was called ghost offers in the, in the 80s. It got banned and now suddenly the online audience have found it and everyone did it. And when I said to people, this is why it's bad. I want you to just understand why I don't think you should do it. And I tell them how it makes people feel, how people feel pressured to buy when prices go up and they don't even know what they're buying and that kind of thing. And the overriding answer that I got was, but everybody's doing it. And I feel like we need to stop thinking just because everyone's doing something, it must be okay to, how, what do I feel about it? Do I, can I sleep at night and do this? Because at the yeah. end of the day, there's no point making millions of pounds if you can't sleep at night. You won't like True. who you are. It's true. So true. Love that. Some good stuff. Um, I'll, I, last kind of, um, I know we can't kind of come into the end of our conversation, but I want to go back to what we were talking about, which was around manipulative marketing tactics, because I feel like there is, <laughs> I mean, in our industry, we're kind of bombarded with, whether it be trauma marketing that you mentioned, whether it be NLP tactics, whether it be man manipulation in one way, shape or form, you know, honing down on, um, you know, people's emotions and things like that in terms of like self-awareness, because I think this is, and maybe we should just do like some sort of big mission around trying to create people's self-awareness around manipulative marketing. Cause I'm not, I'm not a fan of it at all. I know you're not clearly, but what are the, you know, for our audience members, especially listening in and stuff like that, what are some of the things that we need to look for because we're going to be triggered, right? Then it's going to be or it, not even triggered. There's going to be things that's going to like, you know, we're going to want to fulfill or we're going to feel that we want that we need to act because of something they said or done or whatever it is. What are some of the things that we need to look for with regards to thinking to themselves? Let's take a back step here, ladies and gents. Yeah. And, and let's kind of like really ask certain questions about this particular offer or what they're yeah. actually saying to be true. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a few things we can do. I mean, red flags are, is it making you feel less than about you yourself? Is somebody making you feel small? Yeah. Um, examples of this. Oh, well, if you need to ask your husband um, whether you should spend this money, you're not really a businesswoman. We, hit, we see that all the time when someone says, I just need to, to discuss it with my family. Of course, you're going to discuss it with the person that loved you the most. It makes no sense for someone to, to attack you for that. So if someone's making you feel small in any way or saying, well, you know, you will never make money unless you pay me this money, unless yeah. you do this, you're going to be stuck. There's all sorts of things that people are taught when it comes to selling. Um, one of the things that people are taught, you know, there are phrases that people use to close a sale. Now, you shouldn't have to do anything to close the sale. If your offer is good enough and that person needs your solution, they'll buy it. True. If people say, I can't afford it, um, if people say things like, I don't think it's the right time, what we often get taught to say is, 
well, what's going to change between now and next year? Or is your life going to be as bad then? Um, these, this is trauma marketing. This isn't something that we should be doing. Um, FOMO, fear of missing out. You know, everyone's coming in apart from you. They're all going to be way further ahead than you are. That's just FOMO. I think one of the biggest things we can do is give ourselves time. So if we're thinking about buying something, never say yes straight away. Do not let someone close you on a call. Just wait, have a think about it, and then go back. Have a real think about whether you need it. Do your due diligence. I don't mean hype. You know, there's a load of hype online about, about certain people because it's easy to create hype. I could create hype around me if I wanted to. It's pretty easy to do. You don't need to believe any of that. The best thing to do is do your due diligence. Go and talk to somebody who has actually done the program. Outside of everything else, go and talk to them and say, how was it? Um, and get a real feel for whether it is something that could help you. Do your due, due diligence around whether something is accredited or not. Um, people are often talking about, you know, this is a certified program. Is it certified by them in their bedroom, printing a certificate out? Or like my programs, is it certified by a regulatory body? <laughs> it's a different thing. And yet, you know, I know massive coaching companies that are talking about how you'll be a certified NLP practitioner. And then you find out they're not even certified as NLP practitioners, <laughs> but they're, you know, they're, they're writing a certificate to say you're certified. It doesn't mean anything to anyone. So just True. do, you know, just take some time to do your research. I, I'm, I'm not judging you if you don't do this. I spent <laughs> 5,000 pounds on an awful mastermind last year. Um, but it was my problem because I didn't do the due diligence. So I didn't ask for a refund. I just left um, because it wasn't up to him to tell me what I needed to know. I should have gone and talked to people. And I've since gone and talked to people who have done it, who have told me, oh, no, it was awful. <laughs> I didn't do that beforehand. My problem. <laughs> Well, I know that we can kind of like rush in things, you know, like like you've just clearly made a, a, an error in your judgment, which cost you 75 grand, of course. But rushing into things is never a good thing. But also, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it was yourself that actually posted this. But I know I've actually written an article on this, which is teaching the um, importance of patience. You know what I mean? So teaching how to be patient in business is actually a really good thing. I mean, what's your take on that? Yeah, I just wrote a post about this a couple of days ago, and, and I put in that post, if I could give entrepreneurs one trait, it would be patience. Yeah. I have so many people that are on the right track Ugh. to make money and to do well in business that look around the internet, and because everyone's telling them that they should make six figures in three weeks or whatever the new term is, they think <laughs> they're doing badly, when actually they're doing fine. And if they just carried on for another year it, with the same strategy, it would work. But the shiny object syndrome, well, this person says that they can do it quicker. So they change tack, change tack, change messaging, do something different, go and give their money to somebody else. And they never get anywhere because they're not patient. When actually all we need to do, I think pretty much every strategy works. There are a million ways to make a million pounds, right? You just need to stick to one. But most people don't. I've stuck to the same strategy for six years. And it works. There you go. I mean, actually, it does. It didn't in the first five months. <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> it takes time, exactly. You know, I think, it, but it's like you said, it's kind of like you have this expectation that, you know, you expect something work to happen tomorrow when actually in reality, it's not really going to materialize 
or you know kind of mature into something that maybe like as you said in your case five months yeah I think that anything you're doing in your business now realistically you don't see the results from for six months yeah and you have to be realistic like that it's pretty cool um so what's next come on Lisa give us a little bit of uh let's let I want to kind of like dabble a little bit here done the book done the podcast that was now two years in the making what is it tv show lisa johnson like uh, okay yeah. okay so so, so my my big goal is i would love to be on television talking about money think about martin lewis yeah. i would like to be the female down to earth version of martin <laughs> lewis um not just talking about how to make money although i would love to talk to people about that you know normal people who can make money but also how to invest how to save money how to what to look out for um how not to be conned online i would yeah. love to be talking about those things to a bigger audience that would by the be way just for for full disclosure lisa is not a financial advisor it doesn't claim to be i just went to say that because i know that was going to come anyway but i love that and by the way for you guys that are out of the uk martin lewis is this kind of like money guru just in case you didn't know um i can't remember the website but anyway martin lewis you can type it in <laughs> Anyway, it's all good. All right, cool. So, listen, guys, if you have any, um, if you have any, if you know of anyone that can maybe help uh, Lisa and give her an introduction <laughs> to, you know where to come, right? Um, in fact, um, we'll talk offline because I might have someone that might be able to open a few doors. Um, anyway, so that's kind of cool. Listen, uh, Lisa, I just want to say thanks very much for being on the show today. It's been an absolute mm. wonder to catch up. I've lost you again. I've been losing oh, I mean, you this whole time, but I've got you back again now. <laughs> you got me back. You got me back. That's good. I was just, I was just saying to the guys, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate you coming. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's always good to sit and chat with you. Good stuff. And for you guys that are listening in, either, in, either in live or on the podcast, make sure that you follow uh, me and Lisa here on LinkedIn and on YouTube. Click on the notification. If you're listening to us on YouTube, sorry, on the podcast, make sure you do that on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music. Be sure that you uh, so leave a one five-star review. Like I said, I, there is no pressure here. There are no manipulation that's happening here. I just would like it if you could be open and honest and write a true review between me uh for me and lisa's show anyway so so from me and lisa just want to say thank you so much for listening in today we hope you're having a great day week Monday. if you listen to this and we'll see you soon take care and see you soon